The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the Microsoft and Asthma Day of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who can be acquired for the right price, and it's a surprisingly reasonable price. Josh, how are you doing this evening? I know my value, so my prices are always <laughs> surprisingly reasonable. Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good, uh, all things considered. Uh, I'm upright. I'm walking and talking. <laughs> and that's all you really can ask for. <laughs> that That's good. That's good. So you uh, got COVID shot number one, right? I got my first vaccine shot yesterday, the Pfizer vaccine. So I go back April 3rd for my final shot. Excellent. Well, the day before like Easter. You... So if uh, the second shot hits me like it hits everybody else, I might miss <laughs> Easter this year. <laughs> yeah. So my partner's team, they all got their second shots on the same day. And Erica was, she felt fine for about 12 hours. Then she felt like butt for about 24 hours. <laughs> and then she felt pretty okay for about 12 and then she was fine. So yeah, <laughs> hopefully. But with that being said, I think there's about ten people on her team who got it. Um, three of them got pretty like got sick like she did, but yeah. the other seven like were like my arm hurts, ow, and that was like it. So I think it really just depends. Fingers crossed. Yeah, so fingers crossed. You're just an <laughs> arms hurts owl person. Mm. That would be good. <laughs> Based on my first shot, I'm not super confident <laughs> that I'm going to be cool on the second one. <laughs> we're just going to think positively about it, and yeah. we're going to just say you're an arm hurt owl guy. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know when I get to get mine yet. I still my state. I'm still not eligible, so that's cool. That's a bummer, but so here I sit. But what can you, you do? Know, that's true. Uh, you know what is re- really disappointing, though, Josh? As we record this episode, which is Sunday, March 14th, oh, you can't watch 2021. The <laughs> oh, no. I, are those a thing? Do they still do the Grammys? I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, cool. That's cool. Um, approximately 24 hours from now, I might have you do snow removal. Oh, no. Yeah, we're supposed to get five to eight inches of snow tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, no. I have no snow in my yard right now, Josh. None. Not a drop. That stinks. Yeah. Because, you you know, Colorado is getting absolutely (laughs) slammed right now with actually like a record-breaking or potentially record-breaking snowstorm right now. Uh, We get the remnants of that tomorrow. So, keep it there. We don't want it over here, so keep it over there. (laughs) And And it is super, super windy today. And then the forecast is for heavy, wet snow. Five to eight inches of heavy, wet snow. That uh, my stinks. Work, yeah, it does stink. My work has not called off work tomorrow yet, though. Uh, they've been pretty quick <laughs> to be like, eh, just everyone's going to be remote uh, because we can all do that now. Yeah. So anytime it's been kind of an indication that we're supposed to not have great weather, they've been pretty quick on the on the trigger with that. And they have not done that yet tonight. So 
Maybe they'll come through. Maybe this whole daylight savings time thing is messing them up, and they just don't even know when they're supposed to be sending this message out. They last the whole day. <laughs> they last the whole day. It does seem. It does feel like we're recording earlier than we should be, Josh. But that's okay. Mm. Yep. Do you have any good stories of daylight savings time? Either way, either uh, spring forward or fall back, where you totally showed up at the wrong time for something. No, but I'll tell you this: as a parent. Daylight savings time feels like a weaponized time of the year. <laughs> it is one of the most horrible things that I go through now, which is something I guess I took for granted in one aspect, uh, where now uh, it you think it wreaks havoc on us, like kids, my kid at least, has no concept of, he just knows if the sun's up which is bad. Right. <laughs> he means you don't want to go to bed when the sun's up and he's up as soon as the sun's up. But this morning he was still up. He was up at his normal time of five, but the sun wasn't up yet. I couldn't get him to go back to bed. And then he was just a emotional ball of emotions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All day. Um, and it's been like this every year that he's been alive where he's been not an, an infant where he can actually like like uh, convey he doesn't understand what's going on or why he's tired or not tired or whatever. Right, right. Yeah. I know it's not the same because my, my also my dogs don't care. Yeah. They have, they have no care at all that for some reason we decided it's a different time. They're like, it is still my breakfast time. It is still my dinner time. It is still my potty break time. Yeah. Uh, and I'm so it's kind of like that. We actually started a few days ago kind of pushing things by like 15 to 20 minutes mm. so that by the time we got to now, we're like kind of just back to normal-ish. Smart. Um, but yeah, we'll see if it sticks. <laughs> it'll, I mean, it'll have to because I ain't getting up at a different time anymore, dogs. Sorry. All right. Hey, should we get to our show? Hey, let's do that. Awesome. Thanks for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We're a proud part of playing some video games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We are thrilled with the support you've given us there thus far, and if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG. But the most important thing is just that you listen and maybe share our show with someone who you think would enjoy it. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast, as well as all of the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. Josh, kick Hello. us off, sir. What is your first topic this week? We got a hot rumor report. We got hot rumors. Hot stuff coming in. Hot. And this and this hot rumor might be confirmed or, or not confirmed by the time you hear this episode. It might not be a rumor anymore. That's true. It's only currently a rumor. Um, and I don't know how much of a stretch this is. That being said, uh, Melissa McGame Pass is at it again, sharing her inbox on Twitter. Uh, we're getting the next rumors of the newest additions to Game Pass, uh, as if they haven't added enough. Um, so we see a little, uh, tweet says, uh, let me find the text. Uh, it's so small and tiny. Can I zoom in? Should have prepared. Hey team, so much news today. Hope you don't mind if I add some more, although it's completely unrelated to the other announcements. 
That new game has been confirmed and is officially coming to the service. As always, keep this confidential. Before I go, I did have something I wanted to ask. Has anyone noticed a mysterious signal appearing in the distance lately? Or am I the anomaly in this situation? Weird question, I know. Most of my game pass. So, I think that could really mean anything, right? But, <laughs> um, the comments and seekers of rumors have reported that they believe this to be Outriders as a future announcement to Xbox Game Pass. So, with that being said, not to mention there has been someone who's already clocked 254 hours in just 15 days on the Outriders demo. Uh, that's, wow, that's uh, just under 17 hours a day. That's someone, that is, I wonder if that's, yeah, a, that's a lot. <laughs> uh, my question to you is, uh, if this is true, why do I buy games anymore? Why did I pre-order the deluxe edition of Outriders for $70 on PS5 when I could be getting it for free? Why? Well, luckily, you can cancel that pre-order, so that's fine. Oh, uh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, So because the game is not out yet, so you can totally cancel it. Uh, this, to me, if this is true, I think this talks about just how poorly pre-sales for Outriders are going. Mm. That That's what it says it. to me. Yeah, I think that maybe pre-sale numbers or pre-order numbers are not what they would like them to be. And this is would be an indication or a way for them to uh, maybe potentially look at recouping a good chunk of money right away. I, You know, with how poorly, and I know this is not a game of service, I'm not saying that, but with how poorly Avengers has done... I could see, you know, that Avengers did so bad that Square Enix lost like $70 million as a result of that. So if, you know, Outriders is not trending well, or if the pre-order numbers are very, very soft, maybe getting a lump sum payment from Microsoft is a way for them to hopefully, or in their perspective, stem the bleeding a little bit, if you would. Mm. Um, it does seem a little... It is a little disappointing, though, that this announcement is coming so close to release. Because you're right, like, I'll, you know, who anybody who has pre-ordered, just like, well, what the heck did I do that for? But like I said, you can still cancel them. I think basically every platform, for the most part at this point, lets you cancel pre-orders, uh, which is nice. But, I mean, I'd be excited. I, I, I would play it there. That's fine. I mean, this isn't a game that I have to play on PS5 by any means. I can play it on my um, old Xbox or... <laughs> Depending on what version of Game Pass this comes to, maybe I can play this on my fancy new PC that's supposedly coming tomorrow. Oh, nice. So, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But, uh, yeah, that, that's just kind of what I think about it. It'd be cool if it was if it was true. Um, but if it is true, I, I think it's both Square Enix looking to make a little money back um, and probably Xbox also wanting to stay in the good graces slash uh, make sure Square Enix doesn't forget about them with all the work they're doing with Nintendo and PlayStation right now, I could see this as Xbox being like, hey, we're here too. Make sure that we're doing cool things together as well hmm. um, in a way to kind of try to build out that relationship. Because you think about most of Square Enix's releases outside of perhaps Life is Strange, um, there tends to be a lot of connection to either PlayStation or Nintendo. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I think this might be kind of you know a way for them uh, to... To try to build that connection kind of like they did when they, you know, back in the day with Tomb Raider and all that good stuff. So, yeah, I think it's kind of cool, but uh, I think it spells maybe not great things for Outriders. What do you think, Josh? 
I don't know what to think. Um, I If I hadn't pre-ordered the game, I would be like, yeah, awesome. This is great news, but I don't know. I, and I know that that shouldn't really change. Like, it still is great news if, the, if that is the case for our writers are just... I don't know. It, I don't know. I don't ever pre-order games, so like the few times mm-hmm. that I do was Cyberpunk and Outriders. <laughs> For the like, there's been a couple others, but like, it, it's kind of a disappointment if that's the case. Where I would probably, as if it was like the Xbox Series X version, I would probably cancel my pre-order. But then I'm also like, well, I, I like we have Game Share on PlayStation. So it's but I have Game Pass, right? But if it's the if you aren't getting the optimal version of the game where you could have it on PS5, that is something to take into consideration for me. But Josh, if it's coming to PC Game Pass, which who knows, right? Uh, I will have a fancy new computer, yes, and it does have crossplay, so that would be a right. thing. So I don't know, just some thoughts on that. Uh, uh either way, I agree the more hands outriders gets into the better i just don't understand how with the with the reception it's getting how more people aren't getting excited about it yeah (laughs) it's like they're doing everything right (laughs) here's also one thing i will say about outriders josh if i played this on my xbox one i wouldn't be that sad right like if i played outriders on my xbox one x i'm not gonna be that (laughs) like (laughs) you know would i like would it be preferable to play on like the next gen thing sure but if i ended up playing on my one x this is not a game where i'd be like dang it uh, why am i playing this on this console more than likely (laughs) that's a good point so (laughs) the demos have not said that there is some huge discrepancy for the low for the entry-level consoles and last gen consoles so I'm, i'm okay with that that's true okay well well in that case i hope it does come to game pass so i can get my money back from my pre-order and yeah. put it towards a different game. <laughs> Heck yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of Game Pass, I just wanted to hit this real quick because we had our, uh, over the past week, the ZeniMax Xbox deal was cleared and just like that, in a blink of an eye, 20 iconic Bethesda games hit Game Pass while I know some of them had previously been on, That I believe these are all re-added or newly added. I'm not sure they're including the ones that were available, but I could be wrong. Regardless, there are now 20 Bethesda games on Game Pass. Uh, They Mm -hmm. include Dishonored, Dishonored 2, Doom, Doom 2, Doom 64, Doom 3, Doom Eternal, Fallout New Vegas, Fallout 4, Fallout 76, Steel Dawn, Prey, Rage 2, uh, Elder Scrolls, Morrowind, Oblivion, Skyrim, and Online. Evil Within, not Evil Within 2, Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein Old Blood, and Wolfenstein Young Blood. Um, I will say I was excited for this. I did install Dishonored in Doom 3. Um, and uh, on my on my Xbox, and I installed Evil Within on my PC. Um, I'll say Dishonored, I, I didn't play this game. Mm-hmm. It looks t- terrible, <laughs> and I understand it's an old game, um, but I really thought I was going to be able to give it a shot, and I just I just wasn't able to to do that. Uh, Doom Three still also looks terrible, um, but it doesn't control great on the Xbox, and I originally played that on the PC, so I do think I'll still pop that back in on the PC and try it because I just loved the the horror aspect of that was Doom Three. 
where they really focused on the survival, almost like a survival horror, uh, with Doom Shooter aspects. Uh, the last Doom I enjoyed, I think, um, fully. That's not a slam on Doom, just my playtaste, I guess. I did Fire Up Evil Within on the PC. It looks pretty good. Um, uh, controls pretty good so far. I, I only played a little bit just to see if I wanted to keep it installed. Uh, does this lineup do anything for you? You're excited to play any of these games? Where do you stand? Well, any game in this that I want to play, I already have access to. Hmm. Uh, I feel like, maybe I'm wrong, I feel like going back to Morrowind or Oblivion would be really hard. Yeah, 360 games. I, I well, mean, at least Morrowind. Yeah, I, I feel, and I could be wrong, but just in my mind, remembering what those games looked like, I feel like playing them now might be challenging. Uh, but, you know, I and we've talked about this before when the Bethesda deal was initially announced. I'm not a huge Bethesda person. I think yeah. for PlayStation gamers as a whole, this is a bummer. But for me, I, you know, like never been a follow person. I own Skyrim. I, I'm one of the I'm part of the problem, though, Josh, because I own Skyrim on multiple platforms and I've never played it for more than like four hours <laughs> because I just can't get into it. Um, but you want you know, to. Well, and that's all that matters. What's that? But you wanted to. So that's I all wanted that to. I know. So I'm sad. I'm part of the problem. <laughs> that's why they keep releasing Skyrim again and again. And I'm sure we're going to get some other new version of it now, probably too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so there's really nothing here for me that I'm like, oh, I really want to play XYZ um, that I don't already have access to. So. Okay. Well, that's understandable. Okay. So that is story number one and 1A. Yeah. It is a good lineup of games though. No doubt about it. Like if you are looking for... If you want to sink some hours into some games, you have some games there you can sink some hours into. So that is for sure. But cool. Anything else you want to say about uh, Outriders or Bethesda stuff? Um, I really thought about jumping back into that Outriders um, demo, but uh, I found myself I find myself in the gaming rut again, so I didn't I didn't jump into it. Mm. I'm in a gaming rut, Josh, and the fact that I really haven't played any video games in the last two weeks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but we'll talk about that when we get to our homework. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, my first story, Josh, is the blockbuster sale of one game publisher to another was finalized. And it has been announced that Asmodee is acquiring Plan B Games. Oh, are you thinking of the whole, you know, Microsoft Bethesda thing? No, 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 no. Asmodee has acquired Plan B. This reading from the fine folks over at ICV2 says, quote, Asmodee Group has acquired Plan B Games and its four game publishers, Plan B Games, Next Move Games, Pretzel Games, and Eggert Spiel. The company announced hit games in the Plan B portfolio include Spiel of the Ciaris winners Azul and Camel Up, Century Sprice Road, and Great Western Trail, among others. So, Josh, really briefly, or really feel free to wax poetic for a long time if you'd like <laughs> thoughts on asmodee picking up plan b bummer <laughs> that's all i really have to say why do you uh, say bummer because we know what happens and i love plan b games and i i really enjoy the quality of their parts and product and mm -hmm. that's going to probably change a little bit uh and why do you say that i feel like Everything I've read about Asmodee online, about how they have been uh, publishing games now, like uh, people are having issues with, uh, shoot, I can't remember, now I'm, I'm blanking on what it was. 
people having issues with asthma day parts replacement and quality of life of the products that they're shipping out. And I don't, maybe it just seems like they're changed based off of after asthma day buys a studio. Um, shoot. Who was it? Someone, uh, I follow someone who made a really big stink about it recently. I, I agree that Asmo Day's parts replacement change has been really bad. Like it is very, very hard if you have missing bits from a game right now that is an Asmo Day group game. Very, very hard to get them replaced. But I mean, do we really think that the quality, like the component quality of games from Days of Wonder and Fantasy Flight and stuff have gone down? Maybe not. I mean, I guess I just think of them as a management company when over a studio where they say, well, don't spend this much money on this game. Yeah, I can see that. But, but I guess I can't, I can't really cite um, a specific thing. And now I'm searching my brain to think if they were the thing, I, it doesn't help when I can't remember what I'm trying to refer to. <laughs> so I don't want to keep digging a hole in that, but um, I'm, I'll find it and try to reference it in a future episode. But, um, things like, I don't know, I just worry about Asmodee buying up these small companies that I really enjoy their product because they become a number to Asmodee. And I guess the potential for what my worry is, is what worries me. I shouldn't complain yeah, I about it until it happens, right? That's really what it should be. <laughs> I can, I, I can 100% see that. And like I said, I do think areas of business such as getting pieces replaced is way harder than it used to be. That has definitely been a problem um, with how Asmodee has switched things up. Uh, one thing about this whole <laughs> situation that I find curious, I'll say, uh, and this is also continuing from the story on ICV2, that Plan B Games was formed in 2017 by Sophie Gravel. I think it's Gravel. Gravel? Gravel. One of the two. Gravel? We'll go with Gravel. Gravel sounds better. We'll go with Gravel. If it's Gravel, that doesn't mean your name isn't cool. I'm just Gravel sounds nicer anyway uh, who sold her previous game publishing and distribution company f2z entertainment who owned z-man games to asmodee the mm. previous year so sophie has sold one company to asmodee formed a new company and now sold that company to asmodee sophie is just raking in the money i feel like i guess huh <laughs> so but in this situation it's a little different that sophie is staying and continuing to work at Plan B, and it will be folded into um, the group, whereas before, she left FTZ after the sale. Um, yeah, but this is, I mean, Asmodee obviously has been buying up a lot of stuff, has been buying a lot of companies over the years. Uh, this is a pretty high-profile group of companies, though. Uh, you know, when we just talked about the games that were listed there. Obviously, Josh, you talked about how much you enjoy Plan B's games overall. Uh, do you think... I mean, if you're Asmodee, is there anyone else you still want to get? Like, I feel like there are still some smaller-ish companies out there. But, I mean, are you going to really try to do a push for, like, Stronghold or Renegade? Or are you going to just try to, you know, play and be while Good Games wasn't publishing the volume of games that, you know, those bigger companies are? So, where do you think Asmodee sits? Are they going to keep gobbling people up? I mean, Stephen Bonacore just left Stronghold, so like maybe yeah. now would be a time for them to try to take Stronghold too. Uh, I mean, eventually they're going to have to move to bigger companies if they want. I mean, there's definitely a lot of smaller ones. Even like a Capstone Games would be a place, someone that I think they could acquire. Um, with Plat Hat, I think nothing is limit anymore. Like anything can be purchased by them if they want. 
So I don't know. I don't. I mean, if they want to be a successful, a more successful company, then yeah, they're going to keep acquiring uh, board game companies or studios or or uh, what have you. But uh, I just don't know what I didn't see Plan B coming at all. So I have no idea what they're even thinking, what they're considering. But I don't see them stopping. To tie it back to kind of our previous story, if Asmodee is the Microsoft, who is the Bethesda? Is Kaman the Bethesda? Who would be Bethesda? Like, no, like, Kaman would be like Konami. Um, <laughs> why, why do you say it would be like Konami? Kaman actually publishes games. That's well, not- because it's huge as far as scope of an acquisition is what I mean. Like... If Microsoft bought Konami, that would be huge. Not something that people couldn't think they could do. I don't think anyone thinks Asmodee is going to buy. Come on, oh, it's okay. too big. Okay, you know, it's like I think like Bethesda is still a huge company, but they're more along the lines of um, shoot, like a Z-Man, right? I know that they already have Z-Man, but like a Z-Man games, like they're more or like maybe AEG, maybe Bethesda is AEG. Like they're big, they're getting big, but they're not as big as, um, like or yet maybe yellow, like, but they're not as big as some of these other people, like Come On or, um, even Renegade at this point, where I think they may have surpassed yellow, uh, or like Pandasaurus, maybe Pandasaurus. I don't know. It's tough to compare. I I mean I would have probably put um Plaid Hat as like a Bethesda. So technically, they kind of already did it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess Konami is worth a little more than I thought they were, actually. I know they do a lot of other stuff outside of games, but they're worth $5 billion, which I thought was more than they would have been worth. So, goodness gracious. But, yeah, I feel like... I feel... I think Kaman would be the bigger... The biggest shakeup to the industry, though. Yeah. If they were because they are such a a very particular type of game with a very uh, committed group of people who play basically all of their games and all of their stuff, like get every product that they do. Um, whereas the other companies, and not to say that their games don't play differently or don't have different feels to them, but they have minis. They're big. There's these awesome presents on the table. Like there's the, it's a Meritrash rolling dice moving minis. Whereas a lot of the other companies that are still out there really have pretty diverse portfolios for the most part for their games um so yeah i think come on would be really like a very there'd be people who'd feel a very specific way about it yeah whereas for other companies if it was like pandasaurus to be like well, that's probably a bummer but you know i don't know as many people would be like super like passionate about their feelings as it if it was like come on and i think with bethesda for me i was going like bethesda has some very strong fans you know, yeah. your Kevin Austins of the world who are really passionate about things like Fallout and all that good stuff. So, but yeah, Asmodee keeps on rolling in the dough. I don't know where they get all this money from, but they just keep buying people. So, who will be next? It could be us. Who knows? For the right price, Asmodee, we'll do a podcast for you. You never know. <laughs> awesome. Josh, what is your second topic? Okay. So, Xbox. Or I should say Microsoft. Xbox is removing a feature in an upcoming update. Uh, That is the Xbox One guide is being switched off. Um, Now, for me, I always thought this was cool. 
but it never, uh, it did work for a minute when I had a cable box, but I think for most of the life of the Xbox One, I have not had a cable box. However, I do know people who swear by the Xbox One guide and they love it or loved it, I guess, is more appropriate at this point. So, yeah, it's basically, uh, you could use a TV tuner or you could connect your cable box through the uh, HDMI throughput on the Xbox. And you could also use DVR features, which is pretty cool, and fast forward and rewind. But, alas, it is going into retirement, no longer available unfortunately. So was this something that you ever used? Uh, Josh, I didn't even know this was a thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so no, it is not something I ever used. There you go. Well, that's a, <laughs> that's as clear as you can make it. <laughs> well, and let me clarify real quick. I knew that you could like run your cable into your Xbox, yeah. but I, after that, I really had no idea how the interface... I assumed mm. there was some sort of interface that you used, but I had no idea that this is what it's called or this is how it worked or anything like that. Yeah. So. Yep. The Meteor, Xbox Meteor remotes had a button that would automatically launch it, even if you weren't using it, so that was annoying. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. But at least on the new one, you could rema- remaps it to a, a different option um okay so we say goodbye to xbox one guide my question for us is if you could remove anything on either something from the playstation i didn't include switch uh, if you could pick a ui or other feature on place a ui part of a ui <laughs> the whole ui part of the user interface uh, or feature on the playstation or the Xbox, what would it be and why? So what do I want to get rid of? What would you get rid of uh, on either, it can be PS5 or PS4 or Xbox Series X or Xbox One. Okay. Now, this is probably going to be a bit of a stretch that it isn't technically a UI thing, but it's a system thing. Does that count? Yeah, that counts. Okay. Uh, and I know other people are going to complain about this, and I understand why they do it, but I really, really wish that PlayStation would get rid of copying. Oh, yes. I agree with that you. Is that is the most... And granted, on PS5, it is super quick. Like I, It's definitely not the, the, the 45 minutes it is on PS4 sometimes, uh, but I really wish they would get rid of that because, again, I understand why they do it. But this is why you're supposed to cert patches so they don't break everything. So, yeah, just cert patches like you're supposed to. And then let us, you know, use that extra hard drive space. That'd be great, especially on a system that doesn't have a ton of hard drive space as it is. Yeah. (laughs) So that's what I would love to get rid of uh, is that. What about you, Josh? I really so I know this is going to be a hot topic, uh, a hot take. I know people love the PS5 UI. I hate it. I don't like, I know, I feel like I know what their goal is to make it look sleek and minimalistic, but I really hate not knowing how to get to notifications, how to access certain things. I don't like how the game library is set up. I don't like how it auto installs. Well, that's a different problem. I don't like I don't like the little taskbar at the bottom, and I don't like how if I hold my PlayStation button, it doesn't pull up a power up option. It just sits there like, okay, you're pressing my button. 
Do you want to do something? <laughs> like, stop holding it in. <laughs> I just, I don't like the whole bottom dash, and I don't like the interface itself. Um, like, I'm thinking of PS4, right? Like, I think I, I go on my PS4, I have a little bar, a thing, it says you have notifications, I can see what's downloading or what's queued to update. That's, none of that is here. At least not There's that totally I can find. Button. Yeah, but it doesn't so, pull up. Like it doesn't pull up my like this is updating, this is downloading, this updated or downloaded. Like I don't see what's going on on my system. <clears throat> so the only time on the quick bar on the bottom that is going to show updates is if there's one actually happening right then. Yeah, and I miss being able to actually pull up notifications and see like what happened it was right there on the dash on the ps4 i'm not trying to i'm not attacking ps5 i'm just saying oh no you are it's fine you are go ahead attack away i don't like i in their attempt to make it more streamlined and Mm user-friendly it's made it very frustrating for me how often do you play your ps5 uh i don't know as often as i play my xbox okay uh and i think this is like because there's been a lot of people who are complaining about the ps5 ui I have no issues with it. And I think it's because it's the only thing I play, basically. Sure. Yeah, I mean, So, like, I have just learned everything at this point. So, you're like, because you're like, how do I get my notifications? I'm like, you hit the PlayStation button, go to the right once, and hit X. Like, that's all you have to do. You know, like, how do I shut it off? You hit the PlayStation button, go left twice, and hit X. Like, that's all you have to do. Like, that's it. That's all it takes. Like, you're right. You don't hold down the the button anymore, but it's not hard. Go right or left? I don't know. If you hit the PlayStation button and go right, it pulls up the games that are active. If you have, but I'm saying is if you have notifications, like if you have like active downloads, it would be there. It pops in. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, but like even like the power one, like you just hit it and go left twice because that wraps it around to the other side. Yeah. And you just hit X and you're done. So I get it. Like I know it's not the same, but like it's also, I don't think as hard as people make it out to be personally. But that's also because it's the only thing I really play right now right. is my PS5 or my Vita. So, you know, <laughs> bubbles for life. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just maybe if it was me, I would want it more similar. I don't know. Whatever. It's just a gripe that I have. I just don't love it. I feel like it's missing a lot of user function, like the functionality I am either used to or enjoy from the PS4 Pro. As compared to Xbox Series X, like they've really just streamlined everything I was already using and I'm familiar with. So you're probably right as far as I don't have to learn a whole new user interface, but Right. Um And I, yeah. And I generally think like I said, I think everything is there. It's just not as intuitive because you're not used to it. And that doesn't make it okay. I'm not saying that like, oh, um, that means that the user interface is five and it shouldn't change. Right. Because lit- literally all the stuff is there, but just in different locations. So you're like, well, maybe you shouldn't have done that that way. Maybe you should have left it the same. Because right. if it's all the same stuff for the most part, and you moved where it was, is that really the best way to do it? <laughs> I don't know. Well, there you go. That's my gripe corner, then. <laughs> That's a good gripe corner, though. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Anything else about, uh, are you going to you are you gonna miss this feature leaving, Josh? No, you know, I never, I never uh, was able to take advantage of it. So, mm. um, I don't. I guess I'm not going to miss it. I suppose. How will you ever know how to find the Halo TV series though on your Xbox? Then, I mean, if it comes out, I'm sure I'll figure out a way to see it, <laughs> find it somewhere. <laughs> 
It's okay. It's going to Paramount Plus now. Everyone's favorite streaming oh, network. It will be easy for me to find. You're right. Do you have Paramount Plus? I do. Well, it was CBS You're the only person I know. You're the only person I know who has Paramount Plus. Yeah, technically, it's it was a gift I got from my dad for uh, Father's Day, and I just kept renewing it and used the password up here. So, my I'm just realizing now my computer didn't adjust for daylight savings time. Oh, gotcha. And now it has. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like Paramount Plus. It has a lot of good stuff on it, so I'm happy to have it. Excellent. Maybe once the Halo TV show comes out, I will pick it up at that point. But mm. until then, I have plenty of other things I'm already not watching. So, you know. <laughs> awesome. All right. So my second topic this week, Josh, we are flying this week. Mm. Uh, my second topic, one of our favorite segments, answering the board game subreddit's most burning questions. All right, Josh. <laughs> <clears throat> We're going to kick things off with a doozy from user. SGB underscore 13, I guess. What one game disappointed you? That's it. That's the question. That's the question. <laughs> what one game disappointed me? Gosh. Um, really, with the intent, if you read more, it's like something you were super excited about. Yeah. So it's supposed to be like something you were anticipating, not just in general, like you played a game you never heard of before and were like, oh, that's a bummer. But what one game disappointed you? I don't know. Um, I mean, um, un, uh, Unbroken disappointed me, but maybe not for the right reasons. Um, shoot. Uh, do you have an answer? I don't. I actually, I've been trying to think about this one, <laughs> and I don't know if I can come up with a really great answer for it. Does it make me a fan board game fanboy if I don't have a board game that has disappointed me oh um i guess i think no that's not even accurate because i still like that game <laughs> okay uh no i mean i can't be disappointed by games i get on like a bargain sale which is some of the things i was thinking of like if i pay five bucks on miniature market for a game i can't be disappointed if it's not good i paid five bucks for <laughs> probably 30 40 dollar game when it came out um I guess if I have to go all the way back to if I'm going to go play the hits for you, Sentinels of the Multiverse, like <laughs> the hype for the game and then me actually playing the game, um, right. I think was disappointing to me. Um, maybe a game like uh, Descent, second edition, where oh. I end it ended up just being at the time that I played it being too difficult for me. And I couldn't okay. like grasp it. That's more of a um, me disappointment than a game. But I remember hearing about it and being very excited to play it, and then just not meeting my expectations in one way or the other. Um, but I don't have like a big, tall tale like a video game release, which I think is easier. Yeah, I if I had to pick a game here, and this is where it's like splitting hairs, because it's not that I don't like the game, I just don't feel like I like it as much as everyone else seems to who has played it, and that's Star Wars X-Wing Miniatures. Like, I, I like X-Wing Miniatures, like I think it's fun, but I also found it pretty fiddly, and trying to figure out like with the little like swoopies, it's like, oh, this went swoopy this way, and this swoopy <laughs> this way, and this move, and I'm just like, oh my goodness gracious. Yeah. And yeah, it just... I like I said, I think if you really and I'm also, you know, a 
so-so Star Wars fan, so I think that probably influences my thoughts on it as well. Um, so again, I don't think it's a bad game. I just don't know that I loved it as everyone, much as everyone else did. I When I got it, I bought two base sets because everyone's like, you need two base sets to really get the experience. So I just paid all this money for these two base, and I was just like, that game was, I mean, it was fine. That was fine. So that would probably be the game that I would pick. So, oh, yes. Disappointment. It is fun reading through, though, the... Um, what everyone else says because there's it really tie, shows you how div, div, how diverse our opinions are when it comes to games. Yeah, because like like the first thing is tiny epic anything. Oh, okay. Um. So that makes sense. Cosmic Encounter is the next game someone lists. Munchkin. Oh yeah, Munchkin. I can see how people get. I still like Munchkin, but I I see how people don't like that game. I am not. I was not disappointed in Munchkin. I'm just not a huge Munchkin fan. Right. It was what so, you expected it to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wingspan is the next one. Wow. Uh, Fallout. Yeah. Tiny Town. Fallout would make my list. Not not the board game, board game, but the RPG one that I tried playing. Mm. Yeah. And doesn't come with like any of the miniature stuff that you need. So, oh, so you'd, like make it on your own or already have it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tiny Towns. Wow. I know. Right. Actually, it was funny because when my in-laws were here, we played Tiny Towns this weekend. And my father-in-law noticed what I was doing, like kind of was looking at my board and kind of like, oh, I think this is what he's trying to do. So my partner had called out a resource that did me no good. And I was like, oh, man. And I kind of like grimaced at it. I was like, ugh. And I placed it. So then he, completely ignoring what he needs, is like, brick which is i'm like i don't need more brick so then i was like oh so i just I, oh my god I, it was like my worst score ever and he just kept cu- like he didn't care he just wanted me to do really bad and he's like well i need my daughter to win i'm like oh my gosh That's such a <laughs> so uh stone age pathfinder wow. adventure card game wow these are these people just trolling is that for know, real right? <laughs> stuffed fables root I can Unmatched. see Root being on there because it's difficult. Root is is difficult for sure. Uh, Mage Knight. Okay. Clank. Oh, uh, Summoner Wars was a game that I didn't really enjoy that people really hyped up. That would make my list, I think. Yeah. Splendor. Gloomhaven. Yeah, yeah. I knew Gloomhaven was going to get on there, but yeah. I don't agree Cracks with of it. Quedlinburg. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> Seasons. I like Seasons. I haven't played that game in a while, though. So Azul's on here. But anyway. Hey, cool. to each All right. their own. <laughs> like I said, exactly. To each their own. What, Josh, from user Night Creep, K-N-I-G-H-T Night, what is your favorite spur of the moment purchase? Oh, boy. Um, Shoot. That's difficult because I buy a lot of games that pack some bugs. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. I think my favorite spur of the moment purchase, I'm going to go all the way back to my first PAX East, which would have been 2012, when I bought all the available. Oh, did I do that then? No, I didn't even do that then. When I bought Ascension for the first time. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, I had played it the night before in the hotel room with my butt, my friends, and I had no plans to purchase it. Um, Justin Gary was there. My friend was too afraid to say hi to him, so I went over and <laughs> said hi. 
And I remember um, just, uh, I was just like, you know what, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy it while I'm here. And the light, the amount of time I got out of that, just even base box before I started buying the expansions mm-hmm. was, I don't know, priceless. It really, it really formed a lot of my uh, board gaming uh, in general and, and how I got to where I am. Um, I'm tempted to try to re- like search my brain for packs and plug purchases. And I'm sure there's a, a few big ones that have been great, but I really think if I'm going to use the nostalgia filter, I think I have to use, like I, I want to use Ascension because it was a big part of, of my gaming life. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Uh, for me, the game that comes to mind, there's a few of them uh, that kicked around in there, but I think the one that sticks out the most is Terra Mystica. Um, I went to my FLGS when I was still living not where I live now uh, and just was like, hey, I'm looking for a heavy euro. You know, I was trying to kind of get take that next step in my in my gaming. Um, so I was like, hey, I need a heavy euro. And they're like, hey, you should get this one. So I was like, okay. So that's literally <laughs> all the research I did, and that's how I got it. Uh, and, I, you know, granted, I've not played Terra Mystica in some time now, uh, and there are definitely, like, other games that I probably would play before it now, like Caverna and things like that, but I think Terra Mystica was a really great entry into heavy Euros, into those really crunchy types of games, and really helped me understand, like, the depth and breadth of the hobby uh, more than others could have. Uh, it was one of the most challenging games I ever learned on my own, just reading through the real rule book. Um, and figuring out how to play it. Uh, so there's a lot of things about it that I enjoyed, um, a lot of firsts as far as it goes, uh, and just a game that overall I think still stands the test of time. It's still a very, very good game. Um, and really happy that I still have it in my collection. Hmm. Um, so I think for spur-of-the-moment purchase, I think Terra Mystica would definitely have to be it for me. So Nice. All right. Any others that you can think of? Mm, I didn't give it appropriate time. No, that's okay. Cloudspire okay. might make, make that list... It was definitely an impulse purchase, but we just haven't played it yet. (laughs) All right. What are your ideal relaxation games? Specific games or type of games? So most uh, up to you can be either one. Uh, If you have specifics that fit in, great. If it's just a general genre, go for it. I don't know that we play a game in mind uh, to be relaxed. However, right. Um, that being said, like uh, games like Fox in the Forest, Ascension, Ticket to Ride, Sagrada, Potion Explosion, those would be the types of games I would I would classify as like my. Uh, we used to call them um, filler games, like in between heavy games. Right. Or games that would be typically shorter than a regular game. Um, so I would include those in that list as well. Uh, obviously, Fox in the Forest doesn't work with a large group of people, but um, I do enjoy that as well. Uh, there's some party games I would I would put in that as well. Like the Game of Things, uh, which I really enjoy. I think is an underrated game that a lot of people have access to but haven't played. Yeah. Um, and like games like uh, Balderdash or um, uh, I'm trying to think. It's not Telestrations, but the same idea as Telestrations. Um, there's a target one like Komodo or something similar to that title. Um, so games like that as well. 
those are games I would, yeah, I would include those. Those are good. Uh, I think for me, they're, they're going to be quote-unquote easy rules games for the most part. Um, even though some people might find some of these stressful, I think I've just played the, uh, some of them enough that it doesn't matter. But like, um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on the name of it? Hanabi, there we go. That was mm. a long brain fart, but <laughs> Hanabi is a game that I is just I've played so much. It's just really straightforward and easy. Uh, Red Seven, um, Arboretum. Oh yeah, uh, just yeah, just you know those truly chill tend to be smaller games, card games that you don't have a ton of pieces. There's not a lot of setup going on. You're just kind of you know working with another player or two and kind of working your way through it are, are tend to be the things that I enjoy the most um, and help me relax a little bit. But in general, like you, I don't. Um, I don't play games typically to relax. That's not really what right. I'm doing. Like if I'm going to relax, I'm going to watch something usually or read something. I'm not usually going to play a game. But yeah. All right, Josh. This one I think is appropriate based off of you know recent conversations we've had just on uh, the subreddit and things subreddit on the Discord <laughs> and things like that. Same difference. Uh, yeah. How mean is villainous? Mm. It's as mean as you want it to be. I think is that where that lands. Um, <laughs> that is in the eye of the beholder. If you play a game that's competitive and you think that's mean, that is a you problem. Uh, yeah. Just because the games are competitive doesn't mean they are mean. It is significantly meaner if it's two players <clears throat> because you only have one target. So I would say if you think it's not even as mean as Machikoro, but it does have similar meanness to it. Uh, it's it has a little bit of a take that uh, aspect to it, but really, uh, it's just about what's the word I want to use? It's about inconveniencing your opponents to distract them while you're trying to main to get your goal. Really, is what it, it's just distraction. Uh, it can be mean if you're playing four players. Mm-hmm. And three people want to target a specific player. That can definitely happen. Um, I don't encourage it because it, when you do that, if it's not to stop them from winning, that is mean. Um, but if we're playing a game and like I'm like two points, two moves away from winning, and and like someone's like, "Hey, Josh is about to win," I I can't be mad at people for trying to stop me from winning. That's just how you play. That's table talk. That's not allowed. Right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so it can be very mean. Uh, I just don't know that uh, when you're playing a game that's themed on the di- the, the worst of the worst villainous Disney right. characters, you can't. I don't even know that mean should be even part of the vocabulary. <laughs> yeah, and that's always the challenging thing of this game. As far as theming goes, does a pretty good job of you are playing a villain, so you are going to do the dastardly things villains do to be victorious. That means you are going to try to get in the way of or create obstacles for other players. Period. Like it's pretty hard to win. I'm other than maybe a couple of villains who don't interact quite as much as as others. But if you are trying actively trying to not engage with the other players in this game, it's going to be very challenging to do well. Yeah. You know. So I. It, yeah. I, I think villainous depends on how you define mean. If just having player interaction is mean, <laughs> then this is a mean game. Yeah. <laughs> You know, every game is mean. but yeah. So, and I, but I, it, like I said, if you know the the point of it and and know um, how the game is played and what you're supposed to be doing, I don't think it's mean from that perspective because it all makes sense. You know, as far as context of um, 
the game and the characters and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, there is just, and I, we don't need to talk about this too long, but I just want to bring up, there is a thread about the Jack Vassal Memorial Fund auction for 2021, okay. uh, which is running March 11th through <clears throat> April 3rd. Um, so listener, if you're not familiar, um, the Jack Vassal Memorial Fund auction raises money to help gamers in their time of need. On um, Board Game Geek, there is a way for you to go bid on typically some pretty awesome prizes. Uh, a lot of the board game publishers come out pretty strong in support of this um, event uh, and donate, you know, games. And like I said, it is a charity fund auction. So, you know, prices aren't always going to be super affordable, but you typically are going to be able to get one-of-a-kind items. So I encourage you to check it out um, and kind of go take a look at what's being offered there. Uh, they, Like I said, they, they typically have some pretty cool things on the geek list there um, as far as things that are available. But the question I was going to ask you, Josh, have you ever bid on anything for the Jack Vassal Memorial Fund? Uh, I have. Uh, it's actually next to me. It's Apotheca, which I did get. Oh, cool. Um, so I do have that game, which we did play, which I enjoyed. Um, but some of these bids, I'm pulling it up now, are pretty good. With what's going on, um, I get uh, I only bid on. There was like a, I get confused sometimes with this the board game geek the way they run it, and uh, and I constantly wish that they streamline their website, <laughs> uh, but. Um, yeah, there's some, there's some fun stuff on here and, uh, it's nice to see it going to this charity because I also know that they also help out people who go through fires and, and things like that as well. So it's nice to help people get their collections back. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, and like I said, there's definitely, um, a lot of really interesting, unique things that are going to be really hard to find. Otherwise, uh, for instance, uh, there's a original Fireball Island. Um, that is signed by legendary game designer Sid Saxon. Um, and it comes with like the new version of it as well, but it's like, that's going for like 400 bucks, which you're like, well, $400. Like, yeah, but you know, kind of one of a kind stuff. Um, so that's, what's really cool. There are pages and pages and pages of things to look through. Like you can get an entire North star bundle for all of North stars games, games right basically. <laughs> um, and that one's at like $625 right now, you know? So, uh, there's a lot of things on here. Um, but you know, not everything is super expensive. You definitely can get, you know, just one-off games and, and stuff. And sometimes if there's a really kind of a more rare game you're looking for, this is like a, a good way to try to go find it. You might pay a little more than you would otherwise, but like food chain magnet is available, which is really tough to find um so it is just kind of a cool thing and like i said if you're interested in helping out a good cause um something i encourage you to check out anything else you want to say about the jack vassal memorial fund no i might i might bid on this barbarian game though <laughs> okay barbarian b-e-a-r they put bear in the middle oh barbarian <laughs> barbarian barbarian <laughs> barbarian so cool yeah, and it, and oftentimes, you know, they'll continue to update things um, throughout, and they'll add things, and a lot of times too, you'll get like uh, situations where you can have like one-on-one conversations with like um, bidding, you know, a board game designer who'll give you feedback on a design and things like that. So there's a lot of cool things that that they do um, through this. So yeah, check it out if you're interested. All right, Josh, next one, and I think this is a super interesting question. Do you have to be smart? 
to be good at board games, Josh. <laughs> yeah. From I'm living proof that you don't. <laughs> try and dare, try and dare 67. Try and dare 67. Smart is such a general word. Uh, no, you it is. don't have to be smart. You need to be able to critically think, to be good at board mm-hmm. games. Um, and that's not exclusive to every board game. Um, but I think in for most games it is. You need to be able to understand instructions, whether you're giving them or receiving them. And in, in board games, you don't need to be good at giving instructions. That's okay. You can get them. Like, there's people that will do that for you. Um, there's so many ways to to play games. I think if you're if you're even asking that question, it's probably coming somewhere uh, uh, coming from somewhere uh, that is a bad place. Whether either you think people are dumb or someone thought you were dumb for like like they sh- you shouldn't be even asking that question because that means that that they, at some point you or someone will. Someone um, like you was told that they're either not smart or they need to be smarter. Uh, if I can, and then of course I can't say things like if I can teach my parents to play a game, because then that makes them sound like I'm saying that they're dumb, <laughs> and that's not the case. Um, I I also do think there are some games that specifically require you to be quote unquote smart to play. Um, and those are more meta board games, like statistical games or like horse racing games, where you can't just simply learn a rule set and play where there's uh, maybe even like a living game or something. I think that you have to have some, I don't know, even then I think I'm like being hypocritical about what I'm saying. I don't think you need to be smart to play board games. That's what I'm just going to say. <laughs> yeah, I think it. I think a little bit of it depends on like what you mean by the word smart. Yeah. Um, is that, uh, you have to be able to understand like how to learn a game. So, and that is a skill. And I think to some, like in some ways that is showing intelligence, right? Like if you are able to understand how to learn a game, you are smart in some ways, right? Like at minimum. Uh, so I, I, I get what you're saying. I think that if you can play games, you are smart smart per se you know what i'm saying like (laughs) so i don't think you necessarily have to be smart to play games but i think the fact that you can play games shows that you're smart yeah yes (laughs) yeah i'm gonna go with that yes i don't know i yeah i just think the smart it depends what you mean by that uh you know and i think we we too often think of smart being like book smart but if you like have critical thinking skills or have the ability to develop knowledge and be able to adapt quickly to changing situations, like all of those things can be looked at a different as a type of being smart, right? Um, so traditional smarts, not, I don't necessarily think so, but I do think it can be helpful um, to you know have those other skills. And but you will also develop them the more you play games. Yes. So you have cool. to be willing to be smart to play board games. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> Okay, Josh, and the final question we're going to do this week, and it kind of relates back to a previous one, from San Francisco. Has the hype of a Kickstarter ever been way off? <laughs> uh, I mean, what are we, we going to go all the way back to people talking about Gloomhaven? Because that's really what it comes down to. Uh, <laughs> um, for sure, right? Uh, the the job of the the 
person doing the Kickstarter is to overhype the game. Uh, so there is your like starting point. The game is already technically right. overhyped because they're selling you on something. It's not like a studio just polishing a game. It's somebody who's going to Kickstarter because they want you to buy their game, which means their job is to sell you on it. So every, I guess, every Kickstarter is overhyped to some degree. Uh, I do. I think um, every Simon Kickstarter is overhyped. One hundred percent, I do. Um, but that's not. That's you know, that's not a problem for me. Like that's what they do. Uh, Mar- I went and bought Marvel United. You can buy Marvel United for seventeen dollars right now on Amazon. Yes, you can. I bought it for twenty five at Walmart. Was it overhyped? Yeah, people are just starting to get their expansions, and they just announced a new game. <laughs> so yeah. like. With some of the characters that are in the expansions. So maybe I'll say Marvel United just to give an answer instead of a generic one. <laughs> I, I agree. I, I think that if something isn't for you and all the people are really excited about it, like that could mean it's overhyped, right? Like you, I'm not a huge fan of, of come on games just in general. Stylistically, they're just really not like a thing I get into. But that doesn't mean necessarily that the games are bad. They're just, to me, overhyped because it's not something that I'm necessarily super excited about. Um, And, you know, the thing about Kickstarter is to generate hype. Like, that's why they exist, is to get people excited about a game that's coming out, to get you talking about it, to get you to tell other people about it so that they back it. Because you're really kind of putting your eggs in this basket of a thing that you're backing almost solely because of hype, right? You're like, I want to be part of this. I don't want to miss out on the zeitgeist. I want to be able to be on the forefront of this cool thing that's happening. And sometimes that works out well. There have been excellent, excellent, excellent Kickstarter games that deliver. Sometimes those don't work out well. I mean, I think if you look at something like the Horizon Zero Dawn board game, Josh and I were both backing it, both backed out of backing it. Yeah. <laughs> but I would say probably overall, I think the sentiment is probably that game wasn't worth it. Right, right. I'm gonna, you know, I'm going to get it, but it will be at a discounted price. Now. Discounted price, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's always the challenge. So I, I do think in general, most Kickstarters are overhyped. No, I shouldn't say that. I think many Kickstarters are overhyped, but it's because there are just some games that really or some companies that really, really bring out um, the excitement. However, like I just got my backer kit for Carnegie, and I'm super excited about Carnegie uh, Deluxe Edition, and I think most people would be like, yeah, the game doesn't really look like it's for me. I'm not really excited about it. But I was super stoked about it, so I backed it. So is that one overhyped? Because I'm excited about it. So if it doesn't quite meet my expectations, was it an overhyped Kickstarter then? I don't know. Right. Maybe. So, yeah. I do love Kickstarters, though. It's uh, Backing Kickstarters is really fun. Hey, you know Which what? Isn't a great op- <laughs> I agree. What's on Kickstarter right now? <laughs> I mean, I do have uh, uh, Everdell. The Everdell Big Box. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Everdell Big Box is on Kickstarter Two expansions right now. and the Big Box. And yeah. I, I'm springing for those extra quality components, too. <laughs> oh, are you getting... Are you are you backing that? Oh, yeah. 100%. Ever, yeah, I'm probably, I'm probably going when, to. I mean, it does help that the stimulus check is in my bank account right now, clearing yeah. on Wednesday. So that is nice. Uh... <laughs> that's probably gonna be my backyard landscaping this summer <laughs> yeah no i hear you we got a car coming we're gonna get a car and a kickstarter <laughs> <laughs> there you go that seems great yeah. all right josh what is your third topic this week my third topic hey becca scott is on kickstarter's page okay kyle you're never gonna believe it but marvel legendary is releasing another expansion in fact, it's its 25th expansion. 
That is cuckoo bananas. It is legendary Annihilation, um, which features Annihilus, which is a villain, and the Fantastic Four uh, as well, which they've already had their own set. So, yeah. and it's probably not Annihilus, but Annihilus. No, it's Annihilus. Uh, Lord of the Negative Zone has declared war on anyone who crosses his path, which forces heroes and villains to face the threat of total annihilation. Expect to see former foes, such as Galactus and his heralds, which have been in previous sets, team up with the Fantastic Four, which have been in previous sets, as they stand side by side this time uh, to take on the incoming wave. So it's adding two evil masterminds, five heroes, a new uh, new groups in this 100-card set. Uh, it's one to five players still. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, at this point, we know Legendary. My question to you is, with all the expansions, and considering there's also Marvel villains, uh, Legendary, Marvel, Legendary villains, or whatever, what have you, uh, which has really not received the same expansion treatment, except sometimes they like also plays on villains. Uh, is it time to... Is this too many expansions? Uh, should we uh, should we be getting a uh, a new edition of Legendary? Should they start from scratch? Should they pull a magic and like take some cards out of available player cards and maybe streamline it a bit? Where where do you see the Legendary um, release as far as where we're at now in the game itself? And then I'll I'll tell you my frustration. <laughs> I, I got to imagine that. They're still selling, clearly. Like, you don't do 25 expansions if they aren't still selling. I have... I'm trying to think of how many expansions I have for Legendary. Six, maybe? Something in that ballpark? I can't imagine trying to add more expansions to that game <laughs> and having any sense of trying to play it and to, like, put together the heroes and the villains in a way I just cannot imagine. And there clearly is not going to fit the base box that I have. You're clearly going to need at least one other, if not two other boxes. I, I feel like this is time for either having a complete edition and just let pe and then maybe we go to version 2.0 and try to streamline some stuff down a bit because my goodness, 25 expansions, Josh, 25. This has to be like one of the most expensive games ever. If you have all the expansions, right? Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, it's gotta be right. Uh, I have so many expansions for that game and even I had to stop at a certain point. Right. Um, and I even have X-Men Legendary, which is like its own separate standalone game, but I guess can also be combined with Legendary. So that's also frustrating. Um, to me, I want to play Legendary again, but I don't even know how to do that. And that's why I'm frustrated. Um, and I'm not trying to take away anything from the people who are still playing and still buying expansions. Um, but I think when you said like a definitive edition like that, like just was like, yes, please do a Kickstarter, put out a legendary like essentials edition. So you're taking like, I don't know, 20 characters instead of the seven that come with it and pull them from all the expansions, do something like that. I mean, realistically, right, we could do that on our own. The problem is it's yes. not balanced. Right. If you take a Guardian's character and put it into your base game, which is what ended up happening because I have my box sorted so all the heroes are in a couple rows. 
uh, we would just randomly pick them, but you would get like Drax and you would need, or you get Groot and you would need Rocket for half of his cards or something like something to that effect where you're missing mm-hmm. out on these abilities because you don't have the, 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 you're not playing with that full expansion. Well, like trying to take on Galactus without, um, sorry, trying to take off, take on, yeah, Galactus without Fantastic Vol or Guardians. I forget which, um, heroes came with his what set he came in but if you're trying to do like fight that person without those abilities it's very difficult it's not impossible but it's close to right um so i don't know i guess it's a little frustrating as someone who really enjoyed that game and and i mean that's more on me for falling off and not continuously playing but it's still a bummer i think yeah Yeah, it just oh, so much stuff. My goodness, so many things. Yes, and you can't even buy some of the expansions. I yeah, right. They were they shelled get, do you, some. <laughs> do you think they're gonna keep making more? I mean, if they're successfully selling them, yeah. I mean, why why stop? <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I mean, we so. still get new I mean, Ascension. Yeah. It's not quite the same level, but I think Ascension yeah, I think is an older game, and they have way less expansions. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Okay, cool. Anything else you want to say about uh, Legendary? If you haven't played it, it's a great game. Don't let me sway you from buying it. Uh, I think it's just even hard to find the Legendary basic version. Yeah, Um, I agree. But if you like Marvel, uh, Legendary is a fantastic deck-building game. Cooperative, Mm -hmm. too. Indeed. Which is nice. All right, Josh. So my final story is that many video gamers got a nostalgic shot in the arm with the announcement of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. So first off, Josh, did you watch the trailer for this upcoming game? I did. So if you're not familiar, dear listener, it is a action side-scrolling beat-em-up. It's like, you know, those 90s arcade games were back in the day, including the Ninja Turtles games back in the day. Uh, I will say that this uh, trailer... Took a little bit of a long time to get to the juice, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, well, they played the uh, whole opening theme song to the show. <laughs> yeah, so it took a bit to get there. But once it got there, I was pretty excited about it. So my two questions for you are, Josh. Number one, uh, are you excited for this game? Do you anticipate playing this game? And number two, are there any other games from that uh, time hmm. that you would maybe like to see come back to pl- come back to life or, or get a new uh, version of them? Yes, I'm very excited. In fact, I bid on it on my fantasy uh, video game league. Because I assume Dang. it's going to be great. Uh, it looks awesome. Uh, everything. Uh, it's everything that people have been asking for, right? So if they don't do this right, it's only on them. Like, this is what people want. Uh, and based on the success of, like, the Scott Pilgrim game and other games in that regard, like, this is one of the original games to do it. TMNT yes. Arcade. Uh, so I'm psyched. I'm I'm super excited to play it. Uh, I can't remember if it's a cross-platform in the trailer, um, but I know it's coming out on all the consoles. So if it was cross-play, that'd be really cool because it'd be easier to get four people playing. Uh, regardless, I'll still play it. Um, and I will be happy to do so. Uh, I think if I was going to add games like of the like that I would like to see come back, uh, if I'm going to stick to the same genre, I would love to see the X-Men game come back in a new revamp. Um, and 
What am I? Th- I just had something in my head, and and I I just it just went right away as soon as I said X Men. Um, there's certainly a lot of old arcade games that I loved that could. And, and this thing that I'm thinking of, it keeps coming forward, and then it goes away. I almost had it <laughs> like three more times while just speaking. Um, Gauntlet. I would love to see them do take on Gauntlet again. Uh, even the remake, the ones that they redid were pretty good. Um, but I'd love to see Gauntlet come back as well. That was a great arcade game. Um, and then the old, uh, side-scrolling Dungeons and Dragons game, uh, which is also a beat-em-up, but I mean, it fits right into that, that same idea. But I don't know that anyone, I mean, I could say the Simpsons game, right? Uh, I don't know that anyone has done them as well as the Ninja Turtles ones. So this is great. Um, I'm super excited to get it. What about you? So I'm looking forward to it. I was a big fan of Turtles in Time and stuff back in the day. Uh, like you said, these side-scrolling beat-em-ups for, I think, people of a certain age, which happens to be our, our age, were the, the big hit in the arcades, this and X-Men mm. and Simpsons and all that good stuff. Like, really, really enjoyed them. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to this. It does seem to be kind of scratching the right itch in all those areas. Uh, so, yes, hoping to play it. A game that I would like to come back. Now, I have to say that I'm not saying this was a good game, but anytime I think about the arcade, this is the first game that comes to mind because it was the game I played most often in the arcade. And Josh, I would really like the return of Bad Dudes. Hey. Uh, bad. <laughs> I played that game so much. I don't know why. And I know it's not good, and I was not good at it, but I just have a, a, a new Bad Dudes Uh which is like a really video gamey video game. I mean, <laughs> it's so stereotypical in so many ways. And I'd be totally okay with them updating it for uh, modern uh, tastes. <laughs> That'd probably be an important thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I played a lot of Bad Dudes da- back in the day, so I would totally take a new Bad Dudes game. Nice. That's but. a good pick. Cool. All right. Uh, so that then, Josh, those are all of our topics for the week. Uh, we're going to move on to our homework. So two weeks ago, we gave each other homework assignments mm-hmm. uh, to get done in two weeks' time. Uh, I feel like you're going to be much more successful with your homework than <laughs> I was. So we'll start with you, Josh. Okay. Uh, I gave you the assignment of playing Star Renegades mm-hmm. and playing um, the Stardew Valley board game. Yes. Correct? Talk to me about those things. How did they go? Okay, I played Star Renegades. Um, I guess it wasn't what I was expecting. Okay. That being said, I didn't like it. <laughs> um, really? I Okay, I thought this might be a game you'd enjoy. Yeah, I don't know if it's the 8-bit thing and I'm so over, I'm just so done with it. Um, okay. I didn't like the pacing of the game. Uh, it's essentially I what I thought was going to be a shooter. It is a turn-based RPG um with like kind of like open world map movement like Zelda 2 the uh, second NES one um i just didn't enjoy it i don't even really have much more to say about it, it it's okay. a very normal I, well i don't say it's normal because that's like like taking away from the game uh it's just a, it's a it's a spin on an RPG that isn't too spinny. <laughs> it's still pretty much <laughs> the RPG like and still pretty much an RPG. Um it's fine and I'm and I and I know people are enjoying it and I'm glad they are. Just I just finished an RPG. I'm not in the mindset I don't think to start a new one. Um but I don't think this would be one that I started. I just really don't love the art style. Um and then I know how that sounds after just talking about Ninja Turtles and how excited right. I am to play it. 
but I think that's a little that hits a little different, right? That hits like I know, like the nostalgia hit, and I don't know this pixelated eight bit art style. It only works on certain games for me. I think this gotcha. just wasn't it. okay. No, that's fine. Uh, yeah, so Star Renegades, check it out if you are interested in eight bit RPG with um, machines and things. Machines. Robots, androids, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, female protagonist, really cool character, actually. Um, uh, good story. I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, of course, there's uh, perilous things that happen to the young lady. Uh, yes. Um, Stardew Valley yeah, is a board, board game, game that I have and that I played twice, actually. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, where do I start? Stardew Valley, the board game, is uh, has some of the worst punch boards in a board game that I've ever had. <laughs> okay, worse because they're just like punching things out was very challenging, and they like, yeah, rip, ripping things? ripping pieces. Uh, okay, terrible punch boards. Wasn't the big thing about this too is that it's all printed in the U.S. Well, that would make sense. <laughs> I think I think that was a big part about it is this game was manufactured in the United States. So that's disappointing. Yeah, not very great. Um, the art is nice. I like the art. It is a very challenging. This is a difficult board game. Okay. It is difficult. Uh, we were unsuccessful both times. Uh, you have a lot to do and little time to do it. And I think... We decided with more players, it would be more feasible. Uh, okay. But with more players, the difficulty also ramps up too because you're trying to complete goals based on the amount of players. So if it's like catch legendary fish, it's times the amount of players. It's not just like catch a legendary fish. Uh, so in this game, you have uh, lots of different options. You pick a character... You pick a a job like mining or um, harvesting, and that is what your character's like bonus abilities are. Like you have uh, tools that you're trying to upgrade, so you can do things more efficiently. Um, I think the biggest challenge is there's so many options, and you only can do two things on each turn, each day. So, uh, and it's like the video game, I guess, where you're expending your energy. And if you do too many things, you have to go back to the house and rest. And that's what you do. You can either, you move at the start for free. Essentially, you start somewhere in the board you want to start. And then you can either take two actions in that one space or take an action, move somewhere else, and take another action. Uh, the board changes with seasons. And you have a season seasons decks that stack. So at the end of the season, you will be removing crops and trees that are on the board that are of that season, which means you can no longer harvest them. Yeah. When you travel between locations, if there is a face-down tile, you can pick it up as you pass. Um, in each location, there's like hubs, so you can move to one place, and there's usually two to three different choices. It might always be three that you can choose to do while you're there. You can mine, you can fish, there's lake fishing, fishing, ocean fishing, and river fishing. And you also have a fishing board, and you draw fish from the bag, and the, and each 
some fish are only available in the ocean. So if you're in the lake and there's only ocean fish available, you can't fish. Sometimes trash comes out of the fish bag and it's just trash in the water. Um, you can mine and you, uh, you uh, advance down levels of the mine by rolling dice. Uh-huh. You can farm and raise animals, which we never even got to because it seems okay. so difficult to do with the amount of time you have. You can make friends who give you bonus abilities if certain things come up. You can also marry certain people who then become an extra player for you if you're so lucky to do so. Um, and you can water and harvest crops if the ravens don't come, the crows don't come and eat your crops. It is a very busy-looking game because it is a very busy game. <laughs> so um, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just what it is. I will say, I think I could speak for my wife, we both really enjoyed the game. Um, it takes some time to play. You're sitting down for a good two hours, I think. Um, probably quicker as as we get more plays in. Yeah. But overall, if I'm looking past the terrible punch boards, I do still think it's a really good game. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I don't know that I played a game to compare it to because there's so many things you can do. Um, but it's it's a worker placement game. So think games right. like like Stone Age or uh, probably closer to Viticulture as far as like the difficulty goes. Um, but yeah, if you can find it, it seems like it's sold out everywhere. Um, and you like Stardew, I think this is probably an easy recommendation uh, if you like Stardew. Awesome. Well, nice job. You get an A for your work, Josh. Thank you. <laughs> um, so you gave me two assignments. F. <laughs> I do, and I do. I get a big stinking F. Uh, one was that we were going to play a board game together, uh-huh. and that didn't happen. I can give you digital, I guess. You get a half credit. Okay. So that <laughs> didn't happen. Uh, and then the other was that I had to play Hitman 3. Any amount of Hitman 3 I wanted to. I could even just boot up the game. Uh, that was a and I didn't do that. I, I didn't do that either, Josh. Uh, I don't know that I have turned on my PlayStation 5 other than, only one time, I think, in the last two weeks. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it's been Life has been very, very busy. The only video games, other than, like, I think I played Overwatch one night for, like, 90 minutes. And that was the one time I turned it on. Um, I got my new, like, Arctis uh, Steel Series mm. headset for my place. I haven't even tried it yet. Like, I haven't even used it. Um, and so the only game I have played at all is I have played some Legends of uh, Heroes Trails of Cold Steel on my Vita sitting in bed. That is the only video gaming I've done in the last two weeks. Okay. Uh, so I get a big fat F for both of those um, because, yeah, it just life has not let me let me find a way to, to game lately. Um, other than playing some board games with the in-laws this weekend and playing only games I've ever played before, like Azul and Tiny Towns mm. and things like that. So uh, I get a big fat F, Josh. I, I, I have failed us. Um, so my apologies. <laughs> it's okay. If, it, what, what, <laughs> if I get detention or something, just let me know. Or if I have to like, write, you know, I will be a better board. Uh, I will be a better homework doer. Let me know. I'm, I'm happy to do that. So Okay. Okay. I'll think of a punishment. Uh, okay, think of a, yeah, you can think of a punishment for my F. But with that, Josh, I, I have a renewed vigor to ensure that whatever assignments you give me this week, oh. um, I'm going to complete. Okay, I have a renewed vigor here. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to change things slightly. Okay. 
and that we're only going to give each other one piece of homework mm-hmm. because then I'm going to suggest a second group project, if you will. Okay. So we each give each other one and then a group project if you're open to that group project. Because also, keeping in mind, dear listener, we have Dollar Cinema coming up uh, where we have uh, – <laughs> And now we just made some decisions about that. We have a lot of movies we got to watch. We got a lot. We got a lot of a movie time we got to get in here too. Yeah. So, um, here is my assignment for you, Josh. Um, I, do you know this? I don't know if this happens on console, but I know it happens on the Game Pass app on PC, where they have like the surprise me button. Yes. Okay, that's your assignment. So hit the surprise me button until. Until it's a game you have not played before. Okay. And then you just have to play it for however long you feel compelled. Okay. Hit so that is the surprise me button on Game Pass for a game I haven't played before. Yep. So as soon as it brings up a game you haven't played before, play it for as however long you feel compelled based off the quality of the game once you start. Okay. Okay. So that's your assignment. What's my assignment, Josh? Hitman 3. Hitman 3 again. Okay. Hitman 3 going back to it. I love how you're like, hey, you know, I just got, you know, <laughs> Crash Bandicoot on PS5, but no, you have to play Hitman 3. That's right, because okay. you that's you fine. are being punished for not doing your homework. No, that's you fine. Have, Hitman 3 you is. don't get to play. In fact, I played Crash 4 today. It made me remember how difficult Crash games are. Uh, you can't play Crash Bandicoot 4 until you do your homework from last week in Hitman Okay. 3. That sounds fair. That's fair. That's reasonable. That's reasonable. Okay. Then, Josh, here's the group assignment that I'm will- I'm wondering if you're willing to try to partake in, because this is going to be a lot of a together time for you and me in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to try, as a group project, to see if we can actually play, since it is now on Game Pass, for both of us to partake in, Wolfenstein Youngblood Co-op? Uh, sure. I'll play it. I mean, I don't have uh, high hopes for it, but I'll play it. I mean, I don't have high hopes for it either, but i that's the only Wolfenstein game I haven't played of the Wolfenstein group. Kyle, you could ask me um, to play a game co-op with you that I detested, but I so need cooperative gaming, I would say yes. <laughs> okay, so Wolfenstein, Youngblood Co-op. Uh, maybe it'll be on Xbox. Maybe it'll be on Fancy PC. We'll have to wait yeah. and see, because I don't know. I think, like I said, I think it's coming tomorrow, but I don't know if I'm going to get it, because it's technically my birthday present. You never got a birthday so, present early in your life? Well... Erica asked me today, she's like, you want your birthday present early? And I was like, well, you're the one who's giving it to me, so it's up to you. You you already have the answer. You can get it if you want it. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah. But anyway, we'll see. And I don't know, but I don't know. It might not be a PC. It could be any. Okay. So she said you want your PC early and you said. (laughs) She didn't say that. She said you want your birthday present. So. Okay. Cool. All right. So those are our homework assignments for two weeks from now. With that, we will move on to our recommendations for a well-rounded life. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we want to give you other re- one recommendation, suggestion, or thing we're currently into that's helping us live that well-rounded life. Josh, what is your recommendation this fabulous evening? My recommendation is a podcast. It's called Too Long Didn't Watch. It's a Rolling Stone podcast. It's done by, I want to say, the Rolling Stones TV reviewer or critic from the past however many years. I wish I remembered his name. I want to say it's Alex, but I don't know for sure. Um, It is essentially, uh, he takes celebrities who haven't watched a very popular TV show. He has them watch the first episode and the last episode, regardless of how many seasons. So they have done uh, the the highlight. If you just want to listen to one, would be Paul Shear with Dexter. 
Uh, because there's some really crazy stuff that happens in Dexter. So, and he watches the episode with them. So Mm -hmm. he, and he edits in some like, like big moments that a person has that they react to. So you have, so he does that. They'll talk about where they think the show's going to go. And he has some other questions. Like if you could be a person in the show, or if you're one of your castmates from a different show, um, then they watch the last episode, and then they get he gets a reaction from them, um, and then he does a like a question, a multiple choice questions of everything in between. So it's always like fun and crazy. Um, he had, I want to say, Allison Bree with um, shoot, was it Community? Game of, ah, that'd be Game funny. of Thrones. <laughs> oh wow! Um, Rob Hubel for the leftovers. Oh, man, I still need to watch that. Um, who did he do? He did Breaking Bad with someone who I'm forgetting. It's all audio podcast. Um, he did uh, My So-Called Life with Megan Mullally and uh, I don't want to say Ron Swanson. <laughs> um, uh, why can't I think of his name all of a sudden? This makes me a bad TV person. The actor who Nick plays Offerman? Ron Swanson. Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman, thank you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, I had Sophia Bush do Parks and Rec. And there's others that I'm blanking on. Um, but it's very enjoyable. Uh, season one just ended for that podcast, so it sounds like he'll be coming back. But he started it during the, the pan. Two episodes were before the pandemic, and then the rest were during. So um, it's fun. It's an interesting way to... Oh, John Hamm did... Uh, sh- Gillian Jacobs did The Good Wife. John Hamm did Breaking Bad. No, I don't know. Anyways, those are the shows. Breaking Bad was in there. Uh, I'm forgetting what um, John Hamm did now. But yeah, it's interesting to hear sometimes the actors' takes on how TV shows work um, and how they may have tackled it differently. Um, Good podcasts. They're about, I don't know, I think maybe 40 minutes each. So they're pretty digestible. but yeah, check it out. Too long, didn't watch on all your podcast services. Awesome, awesome. Uh, I actually was going to recommend a podcast this week too, but then I opted out of it because I haven't finished it. But maybe the series, because it's a limited series, but maybe it'll be here next week. Uh, so in the meantime, my recommendation is actually very simple. That Astro's Playroom original soundtrack is now available on streaming services. So even if you have not had a chance to play Astro's, Astro's Playroom, which is wonderfully delightful, uh, you can listen to the soundtrack, which is equally delightful. So be, <laughs> go ahead and check out the original soundtrack for Astro's Playroom and fill your heart and your mind with joyous noise uh, as you work on something uh, or just, you know, need to take a moment and just listen to something that, you know, feels happy. I highly recommend you check it out. It is wonderful. Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? Let's do that. Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with VG, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with VG. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form, or you're just not feeling social media, feel free to email us at boardwithvg at gmail.com. We tag our stuff with hashtag Board with VG, so please feel free to do the same so we can search for you on all social medias. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. 
That is whether you're downloading us from the PSVG feed, the Dice Tower Network feed, or our very own standalone board with video games feed. You can find me on Xbox Live and PlayStation Network and Steam and other places at Why So Serious. That's S-I-R-R-I-U-S. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me on all the usual places. Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, BoardGameGeek, all at PsychoCross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.